What's up, Maine? It's your favorite librarian. You are listening to the Urban Librarian Podcast. On this week's shelf, we have Eviction Notice by Quan. All right, before I even get into sharing my thoughts while reading the book, my experience reading this book, my star rating for this book, before I even get into all of that, I want to go ahead and give the spoiler alert now because there is no way that I am going to be able to discuss this book and share my thoughts about this book without spoiling it. It's just impossible. So if you have not read Eviction Notice and you have not read the Hood Rat series, my suggestion to you is add this episode to your queue, save it for later, go and read the Hood Rat series, or read this book in the Hood Rat series if you've already started the series, and then come back and hear how I feel about it. I'm going to tell you up front, it's amazing, you're going to love it. Alright, so now there's the spoiler alert. Now, on to some real shit. In case you haven't figured it out, I gave this book five stars. It deserved way more than that. This book, I want to say, I want to go ahead out on a limb and say, is my favorite book in the Hood Rat series. It's my favorite because it had a very interesting plot. had me hook, line, and sinker the whole time. It's also my favorite because it made me have high blood pressure. Okay, that's how well the book is written. And it's also my favorite because it is a character in this book with my name. So I have a special type of tie to this story. Now that character, I'm hoping that the way her life unfolds is like a prophecy for my own or something. I wouldn't want to go through what I was sort of went through. But hopefully there is a pot of gold at the end of her rainbow. There is a light at the end of her tunnel. Okay, that's what I'm hoping for her because we share the same night. So I'm rooting for you, sis. All right. So now that was like my overall feelings of the book. But my experience reading this book, if I was to describe my experience reading Eviction Notice, I would describe it as someone who, for whatever unfortunate event in their life, lost their memory and they go through physical therapy and all of their cognitive exercises And slowly but for surely, bits and pieces start just coming back in flashes to them. That's how it felt reading this book. Like, I could have sworn, y'all, I've never read the Hood Rat series. But it's some stuff in this book, I'm like, I read that before. I remember that. I was hearing names in the book. I'm like, I heard that name somewhere before. Why does this sound so fucking familiar? And that was why. So my experience was literally like somebody getting their memory back. And it's exciting but scary at the same time. Because you're like, damn, am I tripping? I know I ain't read this. You did, sis. Some some way, somehow you did. And this is what happened. But again, y'all, that's what happened when you got somebody like Juan writing a book. It's, it's amazing. It's an experience. Also, to add to this experience was, again, the narrator was Carrie Height. Phenomenal. I will stand by that all day. But the further you get into the audiobooks and the later that they have been released, they really become like a movie production. So, y'all, you would be reading the book and it'll say, oh, somebody pulled out a knife and you can hear them pulling out the knife. Or somebody getting stomped out, you can hear them getting stomped out. When the bullets get to flying, you you hearing them. You know what I'm saying? People screaming in the club, you hearing all of that. So, it's literally like a movie. And to me, that really made it an experience. Like, it's, it's like you listening to it, but you can see it. You know what I'm saying? You can feel it. 
especially if you got bass on your um, TV or bass on your Bluetooth speakers. Well, if you got a sound bar hooked up to your shit and you listening, you know, in the house while you clean or whatever, like you're going to feel it. So it was the experience of a lifetime, which again, I'm going to go ahead and restate. I think this is going to be, I only have one more book in the hood rat series right now, and that is No Shade. So I think I can say for a fact that this is going to be my favorite. But I don't know. But that's what I'm saying right now, y'all. So that's what we're going to stick with. Now, eviction notice. We are introduced to, of course, three more hood rats. In this book, we are introduced to Portia, Frankie, and Sahara. Now, these three women find themselves about to be placed out on their ass on the street because they didn't realize how important it is to have a paper trail when you giving somebody money. They had to find out the hard way that if you using paper, you need to create a paper trail. Now, because they had to find out this lesson the hard way, all three of them decide that they're going to try to come up with their portion of the rent again. And desperate times calls for desperate measures. Sahara, she she with King James, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's supposed to be his woman, but let's talk about Sahara real quick. Throughout the book, I didn't realize it until Quan stated it damn near at the end that your sis really ain't did shit to come up on her portion of the damn rent. She ain't did nothing but follow up and behind King James asked the whole fucking book. Really, I was quite disappointed in her because from what is said in the book, the girl is not ugly. She's quite exotic, but she just was content with following behind a nigga who was treating her like anything but his main, you know? I was very kind of disappointed in Sahara, y'all. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Especially when King was telling La Kim, like, yeah, I, I got her to stash this rocket launcher in her apartment. I'm like, you stashing some shit that can get your ass put up under the jail for a nigga that don't give a fuck about you. Why? Why you doing that, sis? Why? But needless to say, you know, she running with King James. And by the end of the book, she will have her own revelation for how she want to move forward in her life. And if her moving with King James was smart in the first place. That's all I'm going to say about Sahara. Next is Frankie. Frankie is a stand-up woman. Like, she's strong and independent. Sus refuses to steal her ass for anything. She said, you know what? I'm going to come up with my portion of the money. Don't worry about how I'm going to do it. I'm going to just do it. But again... Desperate times calls for desperate measures. So because Frankie don't want to sell her ass to come up on the money, what else she going to do? Now, mind you, my girl Frankie was already boosting clothes. That was like her little side hustle. But she needed something that was going to garner her some money quick, faster than boosting. So what y'all think she did? You already know. She went out. She got her some work. She hit the block. Now, it's her first time doing something like this, but y'all know what they say, that fast money is addicted. So, Frankie out there getting her feet wet, y'all also getting her paper up, and what you know, greed kick in. So, she got enough money to pay her portion of the rent, have some extra left over, pay the nigga off that running her to work in the first place. She got all of that. But what Frankie decided to do? Frankie decided she gonna go get some more work, sell the rest of that, and then call it a night. But what do you think happens when she decides, okay, I'ma just do it. One last little run. Oh, people always lurking in the shadows, always trying to come up off of something or somebody. And that's all I'm going to say about Frankie. But she definitely she definitely wounds up in a um, compromising position because she wanted to be greedy and just didn't, didn't stop when she needed to stop. Now I'm waiting until whatever the next book she show up in to figure out how she... Mm, I know I said I gave a spoiler alert, but I'm really trying to spoil it. But I'm trying to see how she going to repay... Cuddy. That's all I'm going to say. Lastly, you got Portia. 
This is my girl, y'all. She pissed me off in the book sometimes because it's this nigga, Alonzo. And she basically played my mans because he's a manager at a grocery store. But this nigga used to be a beast in the street. So it's like, since you talking to a nigga that used to be out here, name ringing bells, still ringing bells. You can't talk to this man like that. Don't try to treat this man like he just some true to the game ass lame. Like he, no, he bout that. Sis, what you mean? You better recognize the real nigga pedigree when you see it. But she didn't know. She tried to clown him. Portia decides the way she gonna come up on her money is by stripping. She comes across Don B. And y'all already know if y'all don't, but you should by now. Anytime you cross paths with Don B, ain't shit good coming from it. Such is the case with Portia. And I, the whole time I was reading about her and Don B in the book, I was just like, Lord, don't let this girl fall prey to this man. Don't let it be Portia. You don't always get what you, you know, what you wish for. Hell, people in hell want ice water, they say. Portia did what she did. She did have red flags. She did have warnings. But as y'all know, when you in with Dunby, people can't tell you nothing. It's like the man got a hold over you. So, you know, she gets involved with Dunby and things with her unfold how they unfold. And now I'm waiting to see how, because I know for a fact she's going to show up in the animal series. And I'm, I'm just now I'm anxious to see how she connects with my boy. That's what I'm waiting to see from Portia. Now, my thoughts while reading this book was, one, love the fact he had a hood rat named Portia. Love it. Love that. My second thought, every single time the narrator said, in old San Juan, Puerto Rico, I rolled my fucking eyes because I'm like, here go Red Song, you stupid bitch ass. Let me tell y'all about her. I don't like her. Now, most people would say, you know, that's ridiculous. You should not hate this woman off the strength of, you know, who she is and who she want to be involved with and all of this. But I do. I don't like her. If you stand in the way of some people that I that I like, who I have allegiance to, I can't fuck with you. And she's standing in the way of some shit. So I need her to go on about her business. For real. But, again, every single time the narrator said, oh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, I rolled my eyes because I knew her coming this bitch. Red Sonia. I got to go reading about her ass. Did not want to hear shit about her. Another thought I had, Levi, Lord have mercy, Levi Brown, y'all. It's crazy because while I'm reading this book, I actually had the the chance to meet the person who inspired the character Levi Brown on Quan's Live and he is similar to his character in the sense of they both have personality. But other than that, I don't see no similarity, no resemblance, no correlation. Besides, they are hilarious and funny as hell. But Levi in this book, y'all, his ass, the fact that he was in the hood every day around niggas. And they not know that this nigga was caked up. Hell, you as a reader didn't know this nigga was caked up. It's like, where were the signs? If anybody caught the signs, please slide in my DM and tell me, where was the signs? The only thing that I can remember looking back at the read is when he said, happy and them niggas going to be content being in the hood their whole life. But by this time next year, he ain't going to be in this space. So I'm like, okay, that, that means that he probably was making like silent moves somewhere. But I'm not understanding when you made silent moves, where, when you had time, where you making these silent moves at, and what exactly is it that you did to come up like this so he he is just a, a mystery an unsolved mystery i'm i'm waiting to find out more about levi and if he ain't in no other books i'm gonna have to hit Quan up in a dm 
on the side and be like, look, can you explain to me what the hell this was? Because this came out the blue. And then my last thought is we had some hood rats return from previous books. And unfortunately, they was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And the things that happened at that place and at that time is about to cause some whole other shit. And I'm ready for it. That's, 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 that, was my, that was my last thought. But I'm going to leave y'all with this. I'm going to leave y'all with my with my personal preferred kill list. And I hope Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts don't flag me for this shit. I am not trying to kill nobody. For real, these are characters, but they on my shit list. Let me tell you who on my shit list. In no particular order, because I don't even think I can rank them at this point. Red Sonya got to die. Dunn B got to die. Shy Clark got to die. AK Dog got to die. Period. I ain't really speak on justice, but all I'm going to say about him is I'm disappointed in him, too. Like, bruh, you brainwashed. Like, how could you even? He acting like a sucker ducker in this damn book, and I need him to go and find out where the fuck his balls went, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm moving on um, to the animal series, and y'all know I'm going to come back and let y'all know my thoughts on that. Thank y'all for listening, and I'll talk to y'all later.